Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Before we get started with the Thursday Night Comic Book Chat tonight, I want you to check out this promo for a new podcast series called Misty Night's Uninformed Afro from the founder of Black Girl Nerds, Jamie Brodnax, and from the host of The Lemonade Show, Stephanie Williams. The show is going to be fire! Check it out. Welcome to our new podcast, Misty Night's Uninformed Afro. The new podcast series will dive into the origin stories, character development, and story arcs of our favorite black superheroines and characters in comics. These are the obscure stories you don't always hear about, and we share commentary on some of our favorite moments in comics. We're going into deep discussions about Storm, Misty Knight, Monica Rambeau, Vixen, Amanda Waller, Riri Williams, Lunella Lafayette, and the Dora Milaje. The series has two hosts, founder and managing editor of BlackGirlNerds.com and host of the BGM podcast, yours truly, Jamie Brodnax, and Stephanie Williams, host of The Lemonade Show. Each episode will reference comic book issues, dates, and creators. That way you can go back and check out the stories for yourself. By the end of the series, you will become a certified expert in the fictional world of black superheroines. Please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. See you soon. Come to me, my mutants. Welcome to the Thursday Night Comic Book Chat with Brothers Comics. Each week we review classic X-Men stories from the past and link them with the current continuity. Join the producer, Sandman, Big Hutch, and Brother Beavis as we take a trip down Great Malkin Lane. Are you ready, my mutants? Let's do it. Hey, are you classic uncanny X-Men issues from the past and uh, tie it to the current continuity. On the line tonight, I have my two favorite mutants. Um, one of my mutants is the Sandman. Sandman, say what's happening. Konnichiwa, you muties out there. We are back at last. I know, at last. It has been a long time. <laughs> we definitely shouldn't have left you. And my other favorite mutant, uh, we're not sure which timeline he's jumping in from. It's Brother Beavis. Hey, yo. Nice. Yes. <laughs> we are, are back. Uh, yes, just um, general lifeness and holidays have kept us away from um, getting this podcast in. Um, and the funny thing is, is that we we bit the chaw and got through um, sentient fish whales and <laughs> yeah. some absolute terrible X-Men stories. And yeah, we, that was we rough. can chug through that. Yet some issues here that are coming up are actually some of our favorite X-Men issues, and we haven't had a chance to actually talk about it. So, um, yeah, it's it's good to get back with it. Um, if you have been following along with us uh, after Sentient Fish Whales, um, the X-Men are um, back at the mansion. And um, Ro- uh, Storm just actually uh, had became leader of the Morlocks, uh, after defeating Callisto by stabbing her in the heart. Um, I, I was going to tell Brother Beavis um, last week, because I know he's a, not a listener to the podcast, um, 
the previous podcast for this is hilarious. Basically about <laughs> talking about uh, black women getting ready to fight. Um, so, <laughs> yes, yes, that was very good. Um, is genius, <laughs> by the way. It is. Um, well reviewed. It, well reviewed. Yes, very much so, and very accurate. Um, so, Joe <laughs> uh, was just listening to it the other day. Last week, I like, getting prepared. I like how she's rocking the vest over her regular costume this week. That's pretty funny. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that's how I roll, man. I'm the gang leader. I get the vest. So, um, yeah, so yeah, so Storm is now leader of the Morlocks, um, and then this issue picks up from there. The issue is titled Rogue. We were just talking before we started recording that in this Paul Smith run, which we thought was 12 issues when we started it, now we, then we knocked it down to 10, and then this issue was thrown in here probably because 175 is a double issue and he needs the time. Um, this is actually uh, written or drawn by uh, Walt Simonson, famous artist, uh, most famously for Thor, Sandman was telling us. So um, it's Rogue is our issue, and then we're going to get Rogue to join the team. Now, what was your familiarity with Rogue before this story, uh, Brother Beavis? Yeah, like I wouldn't have known from Avengers or anything like that other than see the footnote. Um, so just when she crossed over and sort of the loose connection or the, the early connection with the Brotherhood of You Mutants and Mystique. So I kind of knew that, but not really the whole Carol Danvers and Power part. My Sam, man. Uh, before um, she appeared in this, I really didn't have much knowledge of Rogue at all. I just kind of had to do a like a brief uh, uh, back history on her and, you know, find out about, uh, obviously, the Carol Danvers, Danvers stuff and uh, with the Avengers. So this was one of my first um, introductions to her in the comics anyway. Yeah, I'm a fan of the character in the later parts of it. And I'm a, I'm a fan of the character once she gets introduced to the team, not necessarily in this issue, but when we get to the next two issues when she's with Wolverine in Japan. Uh, we're going to talk about his airline miles here in a, a little bit, too. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I'm a fan of the character. I think we're all fans of the character from the X-Men, the animated series. Um, just uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the voice, the accents, the sugars, and whatnot. Yeah. Uh and her, she has, Rogue has no, um, in that cartoon, has no, um, like, civilian clothes. She's always in costume. <laughs> <laughs> She's always always rock, rocking the green and yellow. So, yeah. yeah, she does oh, have she does. zero civilian clothes. Well, that's because um, she'll take your powers without hurting you. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I should have said an over under on how many rogue um, <laughs> bad accents we're gonna get in this podcast. Oh, yo, so that's one. one. Uh, yeah, one. that's already one. Um, what's What's interesting to me is like how how tough she is as a villain, and then when she, you know, uh, pun intended, has to put the the gloves on, you know, yeah. once she's not like murderous, <laughs> like her power level dips. Because she's like spending yeah. all her time worried about hurting everybody. Yeah, and pretty much. <laughs> and there's also the fact that once she does join the team, it's really kind of like, I. <laughs> I mean, there's a little bit of pushback, but again, Xavier is like, yeah, yeah shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, it's basically yeah, because yeah. he tells him like, well, you know, I understand you don't like it, but what you gonna do? 
Leave your bitch ass. Yeah, put your bitch ass. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So, again, it opens up with uh, Rogue, or excuse me, Rogue is the title, Storm, very thickly in the first page on that panel there. Um, Rocket. But that's Callisto's vest, though, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's what you get. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah, I, I, yeah. So, yeah. Um, as you look through this, uh, it looks like as she's giving the speech to the Morlocks, basically saying that, hey, you know, you don't have to live in the tunnels anymore. You can come live with us at the mansion, get a free meal, you know, something like that. And then they pretty much all decide to stay uh, in the tunnels, which is ridiculous because yeah. I know at least one person would be like, you know what? I'm cool getting a bed. I ain't <laughs> trying to sleep with these rats no more. Um, but, yeah, everybody decides to stay. Callisto tries to bump up again to knock if she books, and basically Storm tells her in a, a very uh, a famous panel, at least, she's like, you know, we have crossed knives once, little mutant. Don't push your luck. And that's the end of it, you know. <laughs> and then Nightcrawler is the only one that has some any real sense of how Storm has changed, you know, from the fight there in, in the tunnels with, with Callisto and then at this point where she he kind of knocks her down. Why is Nightcrawler the bitch? <laughs> that's what, he, that's what he is. That's what he always does. You think like, so? Oh, you should have said that. You should have done that. You, you changed on him. Like, shut the hell up, Nightcrawler. Damn. Yeah. Roll up there, man. Yeah. I, I hate that about that, though. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't understand why. That's I, been his role for a long time. Yeah. In, yeah. in, the, uh, in the early X-Men. Um, yeah. Did you would think Colossus would play that role a little bit better? Nightcrawler would, would be a little bit hardened, but he's not. Um, he's he's not Colossus, guy, Colossus has another agenda right now. <laughs> That's called Kitty <laughs> <Judy> Pryde. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to take some turns here, actually, in the issues after these as well. Um, that's not necessarily fun either. Um, so as we shift from the Morlock Tunnels, we shift out to Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, Scott and his big pimping tour that has taken him through um, quite quite a few parts of the United States. Um, he has wound up in Anchorage, Alaska. He has now committed himself in some sort of relationship with Madeline Pryor, who sort of looks like Jean Grey, and we're about to get into this kind of a weird headspace of um, them trying to, to build the character of her, but cementing and then throwing it off a bridge uh, to Jean Grey about her um, actually mm-hmm. the, the the plane crash and it happening the same day that Jean Grey uh, had passed away. When you read that yeah. as an adult, Brother Beavis, what were you thinking? Well, I feel like there was a plan that sort of fell apart when the decision to bring Jean back came down. I feel like maybe there was a plan to have her somehow manifest and become Jean there's a big mastermind story that kind of rolls this whole thing together and makes it a little, it, it gives, it makes all the coincidences make sense. But I have a feeling that this was going a different direction until they're like, well, uh, yeah. we could just bring Jean back. Hmm. What but, do we do with this chick that looks mm-hmm. exactly like Jean now? Yeah. And that's, and that's when they got that infernal messed up storyline, which is terrible. But yeah, yeah, I agree. I think they uh, had completely different plans. And then they mm-hmm. decided to bring Jean Grey back, and that messed up everything. It's like, well, what are we going to do with this bitch now? <laughs> you know, yeah, kinda, but we're, she's kind of left around. Of, 
Yeah, but we're still a yeah. couple of years from them bringing Gene back, though, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like Gene least comes back in X Factor, and that's like after X Men two hundred, and we're well, running around two set yeah, one seventy five at four two eighty six. Yeah, he, right. he comes back, but yeah, uh, yeah, that's still several years away from this. Um, right. Yeah, it, it's a while. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's God bless Scott, by the way. Um, his ability to pick women that have troubled histories and past, man. I mean, it's amazing that, and and the fact that he stays, which is amazing too. It's like, yeah, you know what? I crashed a plane and have killed a bunch of people, but I walked away, you know, unharmed. Like, say what now? I'm sorry, girl. Left <laughs> something in the car. <laughs> and my I'm gonna go see what Lee Forrester's up to, or Colleen yeah. Wing. Yeah. Or anybody else I rolled up on since uh, X-Men 136 or whatever. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, girl. The big pimping tour is headed south. Um, I mean, this is terrible. But he stays, you know. I love the fact that he's got the pajama bottoms on and she's got the tops on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is so couple Um But, yeah. Uh, and then another shift here, and then this is going to get us into the stuff of Carol Danvers. Now, back to Avengers, was it Avengers Annual 10 is where uh, she fights Rogue, Rogue steals her powers and her memories. And without her, do you? That's two. And, um, <laughs> Cody. Uh, and, um, and so Carol has been trying to piece her life back together even after she became binary. Now, binary was a big portion of the sentient fish stories sentient whale stories and we didn't really spend too much time on binary because it's such a um i don't know i mean the character is just really a phoenix in space yeah basically yes yeah uh, and here again gone. it seems almost like they're like we need that power set we need that power level so let's do it here and they're like oh, you know what we could just bring gene gray back yeah so. yeah 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 that's what they yeah, and it's weird. She's. Does, I, I don't ever remember a story where she stops becoming binary. I know when George Perez yeah. took over, like Avengers Volume Four, she came back as in like her, so her Warbird costume, and I know she like, but but I don't know how she stopped becoming binary, or what yeah, her, and, where her powers come from now. Yeah, and I was going to ask that mm-hmm. as well. If anybody knew that, and that's probably a hush question because he would know. But yeah, like I have no idea how the where the switch came back to be, you know, Carol Danvers or to be, you know, at that point. I have no idea. Um, and like, I don't even really... know where she went in publication after this because right. she doesn't come into the Avengers yeah. very much, or I mean, in the right. X Men very much. Yeah, and no. she bounces. Yeah, she bounces from this. Like she doesn't come back there, and you know, we can side angle for a little bit. I, I've I've always been a fan of Carol Danvers, but really not a fan of her as a superhero. Yeah, like you yeah, know, I think too. she's done. Yeah. She was a more interesting character without powers. And right, um, right. Like I just you know, they kind of kind of shifted her from you know from where she was to binary to un you know to unpower to binary, and then now back <laughs> to where she is now, where she's you know I mean she's you know a top dog in in the Marvel universe, and then getting a movie. Yeah. You know, yeah. from you know, yeah. from Marvel Cinematic, it, it, it's kind of a a weird shift for a character that probably a lot of people aren't a hundred percent familiar with. I mean, I'm not, so um, it, it's kind of interesting. But yeah. yes, she she can't remember her mom. She remembers certain things about her, but she can't really. It's not a great look. 
Um, and speaking of not great looks, as a segue, then we shift to Kitty Pride. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, and it's so 80s. Brother Beavis. <laughs> yeah, there's... Yeah, they, yeah, they the my floppy disk. Yeah, yeah, my, my floppy, floppy disk. Disc. Yeah, and Makes the, you realize the, how old this shit really is, yeah. <laughs> well, in the Kitty Pride, um, uh, Sour Patch face there, mm-hmm. yeah, it comes back. Like, it makes another appearance actually in the same issue. Um, it's... it's mm. Yeah. Yeah. Kid, yeah, where's Big Hutch when we need him? Yeah, I know he's just can't handle, but she can't Pride. again. But she just can't control herself. I mean, like if they really could not control themselves with Kitty Pride in the sense yeah. that they just could not make her an interesting character or to make you they care tried. about her. They tried. No, they kept yeah, pushing. They it's not the push. It's the it's the characters just not overall interesting, and they just kept trying to do certain things to try to make you care, and it just doesn't work. It's so forced and so and unnecessary for the most part. So, but yeah. So, yeah, so we shift to Kitty to get her a little push in because she gets one for every single issue. And then we finally shift back to um, uh, Professor Xavier and his boo, Lilandra. Uh There's a great joke in there about, you know, to recap, he can't walk. Uh, his body has been, his mind has been shifted into a different body, a perfect body, but he can't walk because of the hashtag, because comics, because of his psionic <laughs> mind. Yeah, yeah, that explanation uh, is a little, little weak. Yeah, but, yeah. it's a little yeah. weak, but he can't walk. Uh, and then Lelandra, you know, makes a, you know, a, a fairly overtly sexual joke uh, about, you know, taking him for a workout someplace else and. You know, and just Charles, and God bless him. <gasps> <Lelandra. laughs> I didn't even have my tall socks on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we really going to pound yams in this gym? <gasps> <laughs> I can't believe you would actually suggest that. You know, now, meanwhile, yeah. if anybody else was trying to get their freak on, he would have been in their mind like, hey, y'all can't be I doing like that in the mansion. Mm-hmm. Y'all need to stop that shit. Yeah, y'all need to stop that shit right now, man. Yeah, <laughs> Charles is unlikable in the a lot of these issues. He might be unlikable overall, but he's unlikable in these issues. And the side mm-hmm. brother from, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, I was, I was, I was just gonna say that that's been his his whole stick from the beginning. He's kind of a he's kind of unlikable <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's recurring in the, in the little spurts here and there. Because yeah. uh, they do a lot of backstory and stuff like him and the and, uh, uh, him thinking and talking about you know thinking of um, what am I trying to say um, flashbacks and stuff and he's like that man is a jerk yeah that <laughs> you find out but uh, yeah uh, go ahead sorry no I was saying that one of the blurred notes from the, the Brothers Thomas podcast this weekend was that James McAvoy was saying that. Um, you know, he would love to do a solo Professor Xavier movie. And I was, the, the blurred note was basically, is that necessary? Like, is it going to be a whole, <laughs> like, 90 minutes of somebody yeah, cock-blocking people? Good luck <laughs> with that, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, is that is that really what that movie's going to be about? Because I, I, don't, I don't know that there is one Professor Xavier story that could carry a 90-minute movie. Like, 
at all. Like, I, I don't you know. got it's the best you can throw that zero G punch on somebody when he comes <laughs> out. And... <laughs> this is true. Just play the best on they him. can do. The best yeah. they can do is like what this, with like what this uh, Logan upcoming. The you know who knows how if that movie's going to be good or bad, but. That's the best they can do, and being like a like a co-star, or maybe like you know, a, a, an understory to the story, the main story. Nobody yeah, like cares. First, first class is good because Magneto's in. Exactly, right. it ain't because yeah. of Professor Xavier. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's good, but I mean, Magneto is what we want. You really want to see in that movie, so right. <laughs> yeah. So everything leads up to finally getting to Rogue in the last act of this book, where. She makes, uh, she shows up at their front doorstep. She, if you remember from the previous issue, she had taken off. Um, uh, Destiny, the precog, had seen it in a dream, and Mystique was freaking out. So she makes it to the mansion. Um, Colossus greets her at the door in a, apparently some unstable molecules pajamas because um, <laughs> <laughs> um, he doesn't hawk bars through them at all. Um, and so, yes, and the, the greeting that Rogue gets is not exactly warm based on some previous uh, run-ins with the X-Men. Um, yeah. And I mentioned this a few issue or a few podcasts ago about when she did show up, about how they're going to change her from kind of looking like an old, ragged, old woman or middle-aged woman to by yeah. the time when we get to the next issue with Paul Smith, she looks like a, you know, an innocent teenager. And... Mm-hmm. um you know, it, it's just kind of like a weird kind of tone shift, and I'm not sure if they did that on purpose, but um, it definitely it's definitely very obvious. And so I love the panel that's after that, after Colossus, like, you know, almost knocks her to the ground, and everybody's standing there all rigid with their, you know, yeah. uh, they their <laughs> arms and shoulders, at shoulder length, like all ready to attack, or at least Colossus. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh I just want to hit you. Yeah, fist, fist literally clenched yeah. and outstretched. Yeah. yeah, you just better be ready to throw down. Um, so, <laughs> bitch, I'm gonna hit you. Yeah, two two seven reference. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so basically Aww. she's there. She can't control her powers. She's, you know, it, it's out of control, and she's seeking Xavier for help. She doesn't think Mistake is going to be able to help her unless she was using her. Um, Xavier, you know, has read her mind as best that he can, and you know he doesn't see any deception or whatnot. There's fat, ugly rogue in that panel, and then there's Kitty Pride's freaking smush face again. Yeah, um, it's awful. And basically, you know, there's going to be a determination here by Xavier that you know, hey, we take in who we want to take in. And I make the rules. You don't like it, you can step. <laughs> basically, and you know, and there's some thought that maybe some of them, you know, but they don't. But you know, he has to, you know, kind of not necessarily convince them, but he's saying, you know, she deserves a chance just as much as anybody else. And you know, they do give him the Scooby Doo look when he actually says it. There and except for glasses because he's like still flexed. He's like, oh, I'm gonna turn over and look at you, but I'm still flexed. <laughs> <laughs> I look at that. If I look at that handicap nigga. I'm gonna bust his ass. <laughs> I mean, he really doesn't. So, you know, I mean, that's basically it. And 
you know, he makes the choice that this is what's going to happen. They're upset about it. There's a terrible Kitty Pride again thing. Like, I want to punch something. It's just, oh, she's so unlikable. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she's so unlikable, man. It's uh, awful. I guess, I guess, so, I mean, they're trying to write her as a, as a, as a teen, as a impertinent teenager, and it just comes off as, ugh, you know, ugh, especially to us now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I try that. I try to be fair because I mean, we yeah. actually had other people call us on like, why y'all be hating on Kitty so much? Yeah. So I, I know. Like, eh, you know what? Maybe I should walk that back a little bit. But yeah, I ain't yeah. walking back I nothing, man. <laughs> I ain't walking nothing back, man. This is terrible. I'm gonna hate on her like she's a DC character. <laughs> Ooh, the lowest of the lowest. Exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna hate on her like she Batman versus Superman. <laughs> All right. So, um, Damn. Yeah. Have, so they, they have they made the Wolverine uh, argument yet? They they haven't made that argument yet. Like Wolverine wasn't a nice person when he became an. No, animal. they didn't do that one in this in this particular one. That, no, that, but it does come up later. Yes, it does. Yeah. Well, we admitted him, so we got to admit anybody. Um. <laughs> so yeah. So they decided <laughs> to go to let Nightcrawler in, and yeah. you know, yeah, he's a bitch and Storm. So. Yeah, well, we got we reached our colored quota. <laughs> like you could come, but if you was black robe, nah, yep. 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 that's the thing you Yep. Yeah. Um, they decide to go to the. She's lucky room. she didn't absorb the powers of the other Captain Marvel. Take on it. sorry. Maybe sorry. You, you go check with yeah, the you. champions or the defenders yeah. or somebody. We we ain't taking anybody in though. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Right. Did you attack her when she was at the bathhouse? <laughs> <laughs> Secret I was around. going to, uh, but she took off her shoes, and I had to find Oh, yeah, so. right. <laughs> she was trying not to get her hair wet, and I knew it wasn't time to be fucking with her. Um, sorry. So they tried to get to the danger room. Ilyana, who's now a full-on teenager, brings up Velasco and you know she kind of loses it a little bit and she's able to manifest the sword that she's coming through. I mean it's really kind of like a a scene that really doesn't make any sense for the book like for where everything else is going there. I mean I know they're setting something up a little bit later. Uh, Limbo is going to come up here um, in a in, when we get to the end of this podcast but yeah so basically everybody's dealing with it. Storm goes to her room to pout. She's losing control of her emotions and her powers um, and then, you know, in, in her anger, she's going to strike out at a at an image, at least the Professor Xavier, as he's, you know, trying to communicate with her because he's, you know, she's pissed that basically she's stolen her life from her. And it's kind of weird. Just like, you know, like this is what sent you over the edge, you know, like Rogue yeah. joining the team. Like this is this is what it is. I mean, if you had some issues with Xavier, they're probably well founded but I'm not sure why this particular incident is the thing. Like, you know what? Forget it. I'm done. And, uh, you know, don't mess with Storm's plants, basically. That's, yeah, that's basically what I know. Yeah, and she carries a yeah. knife, which is the same knife that she stabbed Callisto through the heart with, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so huh. uh, she sheathed it and she threw it. Xavier's <laughs> face after she after she does that is classic, though. You look at his face after she threw the knife at him. like, that, that bitch trying to cut me. <laughs> like, nigga, what? <laughs> what? I don't believe you just tried me like that. Um, so, yeah. 
that's basically it. Binary comes home. You know, I'm kind of going to just go through this. This is just really classic comic <laughs> stuff. She's like, hey, y'all. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. <Wow. laughs> and she punches her to the moon. Um, <laughs> and then she comes back. <laughs> yeah, literally. Moon, damn. That yeah. Is so <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the classic. And then Rogue. What is Rogue fighting on? Do we have her Marvel card? Or is I want to say, Rogue? like, incredible. Fighting? Not, or maybe excellent. I, I think she had incredible strength, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, she's got incredible strength, and I guess maybe, like, I think amazing endurance because she took, like, yeah. this Marvel's power. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she's tough, but yeah, yeah. 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 Well, she wasn't fighting yeah. excellent in this. She was fighting, like, uh, typical because she just leaves with her chin. <laughs> I was going to be nice. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, what was the charge out. in Marvel, though? What was the, yeah, this is true. Because that goes yeah. off endurance. So, yeah. Well, she kept getting. She knows what she is. Yeah, she keeps getting knocked the fuck down, and um, you know they basically have to white explain to Captain Marvel or Binary. Like, yeah, Xavier says cool, so you know. (laughs) 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 Basically, yeah, bitches. Yeah, bitches. <laughs> like, like, oh, oh, really? All right, well, I'm out. Um, and so binary goes, and like I said, we don't know where she goes. She leaves, and nev- not to return to the X Men for a very long time, or if at all. Yes. Um, and that the background of the Marvel ends, Universe somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Yep, and that basically ends issue 171. And then when we get to 172, it is the shift to Japan and towards Wolverine and his relationship and a potential marriage to. Mariko. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, yeah, there's going to be a few times I'm going to say that, too. Um, this is a classic cover, by the way. Like, this is one of my favorite X-Men covers of all time. It's well-drawn. Um, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. it's well-drawn. It's, it, you know, and it, you know, gives you a real kind of lead into what the book is about as well. Uh, we finally get Paul Smith back for this issue. Um, and we had talked about before, before, when we couldn't record this podcast, I was like, you know what? Where was... Wolverine during this whole process because before he was leaving and he was supposed to be going to Canada and then the next time that you pick him up he's in Japan getting married and it was like what happened yeah. to him like what what was going on but, and so this well, was go this ahead. is the uh, the um the oh god what is what's the Wolverine issue where uh mini series where he's fighting the ninjas and the hand that's, and, uh, that's the Wolverine that's the Frank Miller one that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, and I went back and read it in the time that we had because it was the holiday. So I went back and read it. And I mean, and it's basically sort of the premise behind the Wolverine, the movie, too. Um, at least, you know, the part yeah. of the bear and the ninjas. Yeah, they tried. And yeah, they tried. Yeah. They tried. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Yeah. Didn't succeed, man. <sighs> Hashtag Fox gonna Fox. And. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They you liked they that are they are. when it came out, if I recall. I did. Correctly. Well, hold on. Really? Nigga. You know <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Wolverine, the Wolverine coming out after uh, Origins is like Phantom or yeah. Attack of the Clones yeah. coming out after Phantom Menace. Well, it wasn't that bad. So he's grading on the curve. <laughs> yeah. But once you really get out of the theater and get a chance to think about it, it's like, you know what? I still ain't explaining the midi-chlorians. 
And they just and they still just went through uh, Wolverine track. Silver Samurai tried to get a bone marrow transplant. I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, that's basically what we dealt with. So I'm good. Uh, but, yeah, so that story, he goes through, he starts off in Canada. He winds up in Japan. You get the introduction to Yukio. Uh, you get the introduction to Mariko and uh, Mariko's father, who is a straight-up, you know, triad gangster who was running pretty much everything, you know, legit, but he's also, a, you know, a straight-up ninja as well. Uh, he beats Wolverine's ass with a wooden freaking, like, knife. Like, he didn't even need, like, a like a real, yeah. like, sword or nothing. Yeah. He beats his ass with it. He and, says, I mean, go, it, out you know, this, go out to the yard and give me a switch and come back <laughs> and beat your ass with it. Exactly. Yeah, I remember, you know, I remember reading it. He's like, yeah, you ain't even worth a real sword. And he beats his yeah, ass exactly, with that wooden yeah. sword. It is. It's terrible. Yeah. Think about that. I'm going to beat your ass with something. I don't even need to beat your ass with yeah. Now, give me that. Adam man should be damned. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm going to beat your ass with a bagel. Here, give me that bagel. Beat your ass with it, too. I don't even need that. Right. Give me that banana. I'm going to just beat you up with anything. Yeah, so, yeah, basically, yeah, Wolverine, basically, you know, once he gets some honor or whatever, he mm. winds up. Uh, often her dad, and somehow that makes it acceptable, and they're going to wind up getting married. That's basically a summed up six I mean, six issue mini series. There's a lot more Very fighting much. against ha- the hand and you know and ninjas and stuff, but that's basically yeah. it. And so yeah. when the X Men pick back up on issue 172, this is them coming to Japan, um, and how this is going to work out in terms of you know getting ready for Wolverines marriage um and then the book does do a tone shift because it's actually going to be narrated like all the thought boxes and things or the plot boxes are all narrated by logan um which is different um so yeah everybody's there kitty's dragon makes an appearance yay he sucks too and um (laughs) you know the introduction to rogue and you know wolverine has smelled her in the hallway that sounds weird he smelled her in the hallway her. before she walked in the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he already knew she was there, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, it's basically – and now, then there's that the photo when she first appears. Like, I mean, she looks like she's 16 years old, yeah, where, really like, Simonson yeah. had her as, like, a 45-year-old chain smoker. And, and she uh, went from the two stripes <laughs> to the one stripe. Like, yeah, she did go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the skunk stripe. Yeah, I mean – it just, I mean, it's a better look for her, obviously, as a, you know, kind of innocent, you know, young girl, as opposed mm-hmm. to the other one, because it makes her look um, less evil, but um, <laughs> still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe Binary knocked about 28 years off her life when she knocked her into the moon and shit. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. So, this is basically this introduction, and we get into... Uh, just a bunch of ninja fights. I mean, these are great. This is a good issue, though. I mean, do you remember how you reading this one as an adult, brother Beavis? Yeah, I mean, it's the. I think the uh, the narration by Wolverine is uh, you know is is really a good way to get to know him. This is a big development arc for a lot of people. Um, the Yukio stuff is still kind of confusing because she's sort of a confusing character. Um, yeah. So you, you do need a lot of context from the limited series. But, yeah, yeah I think it, and just looking at it now, like the layout of the panels, and it, it's really a really nice-looking book. Yeah. yeah. What about yeah. you, Sam, man? 
uh, what was the question again? I, um, no, just about like reading this as an adult. Oh, um, still great book. I mean, uh, Paul Smith's artwork is is so good, and yeah. um, the fact that uh, it occurs right after the uh, Wolverine miniseries, which is famous, and uh, it's a very good um, um, supplement to that book. And um, having you know, the team is still kind of like miffed about Rogue, and then <laughs> Logan wasn't very happy either, and um, they're still uh, fighting with Silver, uh, Silver Samurai and stuff, which is uh, part of that book, too, um, um, the Wolverine miniseries. It's a very mm-hmm. good book overall, so, yeah, this is very good. Yeah, and then what you were saying about Yukio, Brother Beavis, uh, yeah, she's, her character is, I'm like, is, are you good, are you bad? Like, especially in that Wolverine miniseries, like, you don't really know and then she's constantly trying to get the D from Wolverine, and he's just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And he, I mean, she can't get it for nothing, man. She's throwing herself yeah. at him. He's like, well, you know, she yeah. got him. Yeah, drunk Wolverine was all, get yeah, I, was, I mean, he was all yeah. drunk and messed up, and he still wouldn't hit that. So I was like, damn, what's wrong with that girl? Yeah, man, <laughs> something wrong with you, Yeah. So, um, yeah. So yeah. So we get this scene here, and this great silhouetted uh, silver samurai. The title of the book is Scarlet and Glory, by the way. Um, and basically, the silver samurai is stalking Wolverine, and uh, Yukio breaks it up. Wolverine hears the fight outside and gets teleported out by um, Kurt. And you know, he has this little brief battle with Silver Samurai and Wolverine, where he teleports out, which was kind of a, a nebulous power for Silver Samurai. By the way, I'm like, wait, what? Uh-huh. And yeah, um, okay. yeah, and so basically, it's the introduction to her into the full um, the X Men universe outside of the Wolverine miniseries. And then she has this, you know, air quotation relationship with Storm after she finds. You know, after she fights or gets away from this battle with Silver Samurai, and Storm is like infatuated with the fact that you know she just lives her life, man. Like I don't care, you know, the daisies and the, you know, <laughs> well, whatever. You know, there's an opening, you know, with her her mammy uh, role has sort of broken down. So. <laughs> you feel right. She's <laughs> <laughs> going through. You, know, uh, you got to recruit. You know, got to find some new some new blood. Yeah, well, it's, 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 maybe it's a little bit of an empty nest, also. You know, like, well, yeah, right. You know, yeah, Kitty left me for that white girl. Trying to get the D from Colossus. You know, so she looked to adopt someone up. else. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta pick up. Them Asians don't be leaving me. So, um, <laughs> so she, you know, she has this. You know, they kind of pick up kind of, you know, real quick with each other, like in a little bit of a friendship or whatever, you know, Storm's like, you're nuts. But she's like, I'm not nuts. I'm just living my life, blah, blah, blah. I think the, the, the line is, the woman is mad. And yet I wish I could mm-hmm. laugh, so. Like, oh my gosh. So yeah. I'm super reflective. But yeah, when it shifts back there, you know, Kitty finds out that Wolverine's an actual killer. And she's like, oh. And he's like, yeah, sorry, babe. Sometimes I need to look at the kid, and she knows, you know. I'm like, oh, okay. That's Claremont at his finest right there. And mm-hmm. um, basically, we also get the introduction to Viper. Now, I've always been a big Vi- of the comic book version, at least in her design, because this was my first introduction to the character. And like, later right. on, and I think actually everybody's taking their design for Viper exactly from the Paul Smith character, or the design yeah. of her. 
even all the way Pretty to much. the X Men or not X Men, the uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes when she appeared in the scroll thing. Like I think everybody's taking it from there in the design. You know, as a pair as a character or whatever, she's not anybody that's going to change like the you know the world or whatever. But at least in in this role in this particular particularly in this particular book, I always found her to be interesting. Any Viper fans? Well, you mentioned that series and or that arc in Earth's Mightiest Hero. I mean, she was that that I've said this before. That whole sequence where Captain America gets captured, breaks out, comes back to Earth, and then has to try and apprehend her again is that is like the best cartoon sequence ever. But yeah, yeah. I agree. Like the 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 sort of the design, the ambiguity over you know, is there does she or does she have scars on her face or whatever? Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a lot of power, but you know she has influence and things like that. So yeah. You know, she's serviceable for certain stories, but obviously mm-hmm. not a powerhouse. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm just just a big fan, especially in this arc here as an introduction and what and the 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 story they give her and then the ending even for the ending that they give her too is actually perfect for the character. Excuse me. So, um yeah, so we get into this shift where you, they Viper has snuck into there and given, you know, uh, slipped a, a Mickey to all the X-Men in their tea and it mm-hmm. knocked them like all loose um, except for Wolverine because of my healing powers and um, yeah, yeah, that, that. I thought that he was immune to poisons and shit like that. Well, but he was though. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, it didn't knock him out completely, didn't, you know, but he yeah, should have also smelled him, it. Said, yeah. But he should have smelled yeah. it maybe beforehand. Um, well, I mean, well, his, again, his Freaking more than anything, his healing factor is something that has evolved way over time. Because if you remember in the pre- issues yeah. previously with the brood or whatever, he was like all jacked up with freaking mm-hmm. bandages on his arm and his face was all busted up. And it was like, you know, whereas <laughs> now you do anything to him and he heals it like almost instantaneously. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah. All right. Then we shift back to Cy- uh, Cyclops, uh, Big Pimp and Tour, 81. Um now he's got his brother there, and <laughs> this scene cracks me up, man. Every time I read it, it cracks me up. It's like, well, hey, man, what's going on? Well, you know, just going through the HR files. You know. <laughs> Isn't that private information? Yeah. Yeah, I don't give a yeah. shit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going through yeah. Yeah, I'm just going through everybody's files, man, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Alex tries to tell him, like, look, man, you don't know. You really don't probably want to know how the sausage gets made. Like, look, she's here. <laughs> like, like, stop worrying about it. You know, stop being like Cyclops for a minute and just enjoy it. She's a good girl or whatever. But he, like, he can't let it go. He's like, all right, she died, you know, the same day that – uh that Jean Grey died. And not only was it the exact day, it was the exact same moment, you know, and it's like, <gasps> oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Is this a hashtag because comics moment, Sammy? Oh, hell yeah. This is, <laughs> I mean, way too much on the nose. They just went like, oh, how could the, the same day, or the same moment, how the hell do they know the same moment? I don't even want to know. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, just just too much on the nose. I mean, redhead, another redhead, you know. <laughs> uh, it, it's just it's just kind of reading it now. It I kind of like 
it didn't really affect me back then. And now I'm kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Just seriously. But so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a little on the nose, but whatever. It's Brother Beavis. Brother Beavis. Beavis. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I never really got um, Madeline Pryor. And I think it sets up like one of the most questionable decisions that Cyclops makes, you know, you, yeah. and oh, yeah. maybe, maybe you draw evil Cyclops arc all the way back to this point. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, but I think again, it's just, it's sort of an outcome of, of sort of plans that probably change midstream. Yeah. And, and you, and this is the yeah. first time you brought this up on the podcast about like, you know what, they were probably just going to bring Gene back and they just couldn't, like either figure it mm-hmm. out or like somebody was like, hell no, or something happened like in there where they just couldn't do it or they didn't do it that way. And then you get, then you got to ride the, you know, ride it till the wheels fall off. Like, well, we got this character now, like what the hell are we going to do with her? And then they're going to ride this. Yeah. And again, you're going to make psychos into a freaking ridiculous person. You're going to mm-hmm. give us, you know, uh, the goblin queen. You're going to give us, freaking cable out of this like if people say i mean i mean i, I read the twitter streets people look back at this as like this is a classic moment and like not this part but like the stuff with the goblin queen and all and cable and strife and legacy right. that no that's not a classic time um some of that <laughs> stuff is god aw- some of that shit is god awful some of it is yeah. awful awful a lot and of it sentient whale awful it's just not as wordy <laughs> and like you know, it, it, I, at the time, I remember reading this, and when I would go back and read them or whatever, I was just like, you know, I mean, I kind of like Madeline Pryor. I don't know why. You know, I got an affinity for redhead comic book characters. But I just, you know, she seemed so kind of innocent through the whole thing. And, you know, she you know, she just seemed so innocent. I didn't really see it at, at the time as, you know, that she was going to turn, obviously didn't see it, that she was going to turn into this crazy evil clone, whatever person, but I didn't see her as somebody that was a, a detriment to the team or whatever, which she's going to turn out to be later, at least mm-hmm. the Cyclops. Well, she goes um, on a stretch where she's, you know, she's hooked up with the X-Men team for a while. She, mm-hmm. I believe she goes to Australia. Yeah. Yeah, she does. I'm not sure she's all that. Doesn't she, isn't she the one that gets him to go through the Siege Perilous or something like that? Yeah, mm-hmm. that is. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. and she's yeah. not a worthless member of the team, even without power. So, I mean, yeah. I think, yeah, no. I just, I think she became, you know, she, yeah. They, they, she they did what they could. They did what they could. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, yeah, so it comes out to this fact that, um, uh, everything's going on with uh, Yukio, or yes, right. Yukio is still trying to figure out what's going on and why Silver Samurai and Viper are trying to attack Wolverine, um, at least to this large fight, fight and battle someplace where, you know, the X-Men are kind of on to it too, or at least Wolverine is. They set up this plan where they thought they were, cla- they thought they were capturing Mariko, but it wasn't. And, you know, basically, you know, at least to this big, battle storm is still not in full control of her powers um and when she knocks out viper she um you know oh i hit her too hard i could have actually killed her but you know it's really just leading into storm falling out of control of her powers you know like i can't i don't trust what i'm able to do and uh since she's not able to trust it she actually even turns their powers back onto herself uh to ask to not kill the silver samurai 
and winds up into like some body of water in Japan or whatever. I mean, it's like, this is it. Like this is our, our real kind of last moment of seeing the storm that we know uh, before she turns into punk rock storm. Uh, we've been talking yeah. about this since we started this podcast. This is, this has been well earned by the writers of this book. They've been setting this up for a very long time and the payoff is absolutely glorious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The payoff is absolutely glorious. And, you know, I mean, we'll talk about her a little bit once we get to that version, but were you a fan of punk rock storm once it first came out, brother Peter? Mm, not really because I didn't pay close enough attention to the story and it always just kind of seemed kind of arbitrary to me. And I was never really that, Big a fan of Storm, I think, at the time. But the on reread, you know, like you said, they, there's so much that goes into it. Even going back to like the uh, the Doctor Doom story, you know, is yeah. where she's hard, you know, she's realizing the connection between her emotions and her powers, and she has to come to terms with all that. So, I think it's great now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big fan of Punk Rock Storm. Were you a fan of Punk Rock Storm, Sammy? Um. Originally, I thought it was an exhaustive, but I, I did agree. It's like, well, hell, they had to do something. I mean, they her outfit is so 70s, and I don't know if you've ever seen the original uh, outfit they had. I think it was uh, between Storm and Jean Grey, they were making uh, that original outfit for uh, either Jean Grey at first, and then they integrated it into the Storms, and it is so stereotypically 70s, and I was like, well... Right. They need to do something with her and kind of update her for the more modern times. And so I was like, yeah, I don't necessarily love it. But later on, I did. But at the time, mm-hmm. I was like, eh, a little a little drastic, but eh, see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, I didn't, you know, when I first, when I first read the book, I was like, man, what? I just didn't make any real, I mean, again, didn't yeah. understand the story behind it. But, you know, the design of the character, I was like, oh, well, that's, different and interesting and then the fact that kitty hated it made me love it more I was like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was kind of ever. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm about to go cosplay a store so um it, you know it was just a really good you know at the time i thought it was a really good book and a good look you know and then actually after we come out of this a little bit is right when we go into secret wars you know, where she's actually, right. you know, debuts that out there, where actually nobody says anything of these people. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, and I've listened to that podcast or whatever a few times, and I'm like, nobody ever said anything to Storm. I'm like, hey, last time I seen you, yeah. look, like, mm-hmm. is there something going yeah. on? Like, nobody said anything about it, you know. I would imagine that Rhodey would be like, damn, girl, suck. <laughs> you know? What the hell happened to you? Yeah. What the hell happened to you, girl? So, um, yeah. Um, there is a little moment there where a phoenix effect Rarity. makes its appearance and ne- is never yeah. really fully explained. I mean, I, I, again, uh, I'm, it's mastermind. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, again, that would that would mean that mastermind is a version or a part of everything that's going on here and watching everything. Well, I think he is. He's he was part of the uh, the build up with. Um, Cyclops, he's along the way on Cyclops' yeah. 81 road yeah. tour. I, mm-hmm. You know, he, he must have some <laughs> frequent flyers to be here as yes, well. Yes, he does. Yeah. yeah, right. I think that's the implication. And that that's a that was another interesting thing to me to see some, some of the subtle references to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but is he in Japan? But, you know, there's like the fire little effect in the fireplace where, Rogue, or where Cyclops and Madeline are talking. You know, but that's like just a, like a, like an Easter egg. But 
Like, is he in Japan? Is Mastermind in Japan? Is he in, well, like, I'm is told he in Alaska? I'm told you can see Russia from Alaska, and so I, I don't know if you can also <laughs> see Japan. Right. Uh, Sarah Palin reference. All right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, basically this is where this is. The X-Men are all laid up in the hospital um, from the poison tea. Uh, Yukio has Storm and taking her to recover from, and again, lighting the black character on fire, by the way. <laughs> Not the first time. <laughs> Not the first time this has happened. And um, uh, and, and, and oddly he, enough, there's chains in the foreground of some of these pictures as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it is. Uh, and then Wolverine's on the, about to do Taken. Um you know, yeah. Logan style. Yeah, <laughs> good luck. He's mad as hell, and he ain't gonna take it anymore. And he uh, issue one seventy three is him about to go take revenge about on the, all the triads in Japan until he finds out who, um, you know, is after his woman and after the X Men. Um, and then Rogue, who either didn't drink the tea or because of her invulnerability, she's half um, alien. Yeah, she's half alien. Yeah, that's a little nasty. Yeah. Uh, so, um, <laughs> this going to be my answer for everything now. Like, if something happens, like it didn't she's work. Like, like, oh, she's like, I'm half failing. Yeah, you told me your grandmother was Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, this is going to be my answer for everything. Hey, did you put some? Did you put, did you put some season on that chicken? Hell no, I'm half alien. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's, it's, it does because it comes up more than once about her invulnerability and that. So uh, whatever, man. <laughs> <They're> just, <laughs> there is a point where you be reading this shit. He's like, man, these niggas is just making this shit up. <laughs> it's, just, it's just because comics. It's like, it's a hash. It's like I'm half alien, remember? He's like, makes sense. He's <laughs> 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 like, hi. And are you with us? We too. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we mm-hmm. too. Hi. Um, so yeah, it's just a mess. And so the next issue is tag your dead. If they go off to, um, like I said, beat up all the triad. Um, and she is basically, you know, all, along for the ride as Wolverine. Again, this and this issue is also narrated by Wolverine as well. Another great cover, by the way. Yeah, this is um, the cover yeah. I like. Very yeah, Paul so. Smith is. I mean, small Paul Smith is killing it really on his run. I mean, to be. I mean, we've been talking about it for a while. And mm-hmm. I mean, he's just absolutely killing it uh, through his short, short run through this book. Um, so, um, yeah, so to have and to have not in the book is Wolverine, again, going through bars and whatever, trying to figure out who is after the X-Men and how to get to them. Um, we get the other shift back to Yukio and Storm, um, you know, basically, you know, her trying to get Storm in touch with her wild side and Storm kind of fighting it, but not fighting it, and wanting to give in. Um, there's, I mean, you know, uh, again, not as a teenager. All messed up. Yeah, don't fuck with me, boy. Her shoes are off. <laughs> she ain't got them no more. So, I mean, that's two out of three. And she, um, there's also, I mean, again, reading this again as an adult, and like, you know, there's like a, a, a it's probably a, maybe like a, 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 a lesbian undertone to this that wasn't there. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so she has to get in touch with her real self 
and you know <laughs> this is who you right. really are. Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's there's that tone there that's just like kind of undercut that I. And to be honest with you, why I think why a lot of like you know a lot of black females relate to her in that way because they're black females and want a few black female heroes. But also like where a lot of uh like queer and lesbian women relate to Storm in that way too because I think there's there's that hint that that's there, especially because, you know, she's rarely had, you know, outside of Forge and then 30 years later, T'Challa, you know, any real, like, male relationships in there. And she's been, you know, kind of, like, frozen, you know, basically. Are you telling mm-hmm. tell me something and they're really not trying to tell me? Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's uh, whatever. Yeah, and so, yeah, so Storm is trying to get in touch with her whatever side and Wolverine and Rogue are still on the on the – on the on the hunt for the, the the triad, there's a little quick scene there where Rogue thinks that you know thanks Sugar, third one, thanks Sugar, <laughs> and for uh saving him and she looks like she's going to kiss him and Wolverine sticks his like there there now in the past think of other people he would stick two claws off to the side but for her yeah. she didn't do it but I don't know did he have that power control back then you remember him just doing one claw or two. Uh, I think he mm. could. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it was a whole lot of, yeah, uh, control, pretty much. I mean, it was just, he just popped that one claw, you know, you know yeah. uh, or the two claws. Uh, yeah, he he did that a lot. Yeah, that's that's, that's true. That he didn't do it to her. So Yeah. So, but yeah, so that's basically it. And that's where we're, tra- we're just kind of strolling on to the conclusion of these books, you know, and again, storms, you know, whatever it means, this madness of yours has infected me and I welcome it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the end of storm that we don't see. Next time we see her, she's going to have her hair shaved off. Um, And so, yeah, so again, Viper makes their uh, trip into the hospital because they're going to go kill the X-Men with the hand. Now, who do the hand belong to Marvel? Or or the hand. the hand isn't it? Aren't these uh, ninjas the hand? Uh, well, they're using they're using the hand on um, Daredevil, so that's definitely Marvel then. They okay. well, but the cinematic and the TV rules. It, the cinematic yeah, they, and the they, TV rules are different, I think. Okay. 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 But I don't remember. Do they reference them as the hand? I don't think they reference them as the hand in the Wolverine. I don't it's think they do either. Random no, ninjas. Not in, no. Now, okay. and Daredevil, yeah, and Daredevil, they definitely, uh, they're called the hand, so, okay. yeah, so, yeah, they probably, maybe they figured that out beforehand, it was like, well, they're just okay. going to use ninjas and not call them the hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, because we use ninja for the other word sometimes, it throws me yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why use the hand? Why use the hand? We've got ninjas all over the place. Yeah, we've got ninjas all over the place. <laughs> Shoot, man, you know these ninjas need jobs. Um, so. Yeah, right. <laughs> they um they're, they're setting up this big hospital battle between Silver Samurai and Wolverine. Um and and as a twelve or eleven year old or whenever I read this as a youth, um this is a brutal battle. And I'm looking at it now and I was like, man, this is kind of rough because there's some freaking skin being cut into and people mm-hmm. being impaled with swords. I mean, it is, mm-hmm. this is a rough comic book battle, and I'm actually not sure how the Silver Samurai survives much of this because really his powers are from the suit, and Wolverine cuts all through that damn thing. Um, yep. You know, I mean, do you remember this battle when you read this uh, before, Brother Beavis? 
Not to remember that it's like four splash, uh, like almost splash pages long. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they went at it though, right, Sammy? Yeah, I mean, I have a, oh, I yeah. remember him as being as a formidable kind of X Men foe who didn't show up a lot. But yeah, I mean, this is is pretty significant conflict. Yeah. Yeah. And it and it's kind of telling or whatever that they use him as one of the 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 bads in the Wolverine movie. Um, sort of. Sort of. Yeah. Well, they messed it up. Sort of. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, I mean, if there's ever a character that has been designed to look good in a movie, it would be the mm-hmm. Silver Samurai. You know, like, it just right. makes sense. Then, you know, he's somebody that Wolverine can fight and cut at and on, you know, because you know, it's like fighting a robot. So it just makes sense. But, mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, they did mess it up at the end. My bone marrow. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. And but this is a brutal battle. I mean that that knife to the neck on Wolverine on that panel, man, is rough. Yeah, God, I forgot me. about that. Yeah, that yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's painful rough, looking. Man. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I believe I believe, it, um, uh, I believe it was your brother that actually introduced me to Wolverine one of the first uh, times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, like that. Uh, somebody told me he's like, yeah, he got ran through with a, with a sword. And I was like, bullshit. And then, of course, uh, <laughs> I don't remember. It may not may or may have been somebody else, but uh, they showed me this, and I was like, damn. Yeah, it, no, it's yeah. The panels are beautiful of, the, of them fighting. You know, the exchanging blows and Logan eventually. Yeah, he takes some. Um, uh, Wolverine takes a couple of uh, serious hits, but gets yeah, back some heavy shot. You know, yeah, and uh, it's a very it's a very nicely nice clean um, uh, sequence by Paul Smith. Yeah, so. yep. and and it's also too that you know you're looking at this and it's like man this is rough in that sense, but also like you know twelve thirteen years like how could you not love Wolverine after watching this? Mm-hmm. I'm like this dude is bad ass. Holy crap! Mm-hmm. You know exactly. I mean this dude is the man. And he goes from here to kicking home. robots. Yeah. <laughs> uh that would be drop kicking robot. Drop kicking robot. Yeah. <laughs> With his claws out all the time. Yeah. Um, and slut shaming uh Zazi. But anyway, um <laughs> seems like that seems like that's her bedside manner for everybody. Oh, that was great. Um if you haven't listened to the Our Secret Force podcast, please go back and do it. If you need a laugh, about five hours worth of laughing, go back and listen to our Secret Wars podcast. Oh my gosh! Um, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, so she's about he's about to kill him to coop the coop the Gracie, as my brother would say, and his <laughs> fiance stops him. He's like, no, you know, there's been enough bloodshed here, and he's like, if you don't kill, if we don't kill him, he's gonna keep keep coming back, and you know, she's like, that's just gonna happen. Blah blah blah. And as he is about to die with honor, um, Viper gets off this one last shot. And uh, Rogue, because of Mariko uh, being so nice to her and not treating her like shit like all the other mutants did, um, (laughs) she pushes uh, Wolverine and Mariko out of the way and takes this um, whatever blaster that Viper has gotten from wherever she got it from. And again, this becomes Rogue's, you know, well, I'm, you know, Invulnerable? Aren't I? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, mm. maybe. Yeah, and you know, she, you know, it, the the gun blows up or whatever, or overloads itself. Um, Logan can't make the hot tag save, <laughs> and basically, you know, she's there 
But then, you know, as great as that, as great as this book is drawn, the panel where he's holding her is really kind of goofy. It's just like, it's super tiny. And like, it just doesn't, uh-huh. you know, it doesn't go with the rest of the book. But he's like, well, I tried to save you. And then he gives her his healing powers to, you know, save her from there. So she's maybe not invulnerable. And maybe, you know, that alien shit ain't all together working sometimes. Man, I was going to come to work, man. <laughs> shit, my alien was acting up. So my half alien, so I couldn't make it in yeah. today. So, I think that girl was half alien. <laughs> yeah, that girl was half alien too. Only the good half. So <laughs> and they, uh, you know, so they teleport off. Um, Viper teleports him off. Rogue is saved, and then we get to the wedding, non-wedding. Now, um, again, Jason Wingard, mastermind, is masterminding this whole thing. Um, there he and is. I, and yep. I, it's going to take me some time to go back and read something to figure out what was his motivation here. Does anybody remember that off the top? Well, he's, because I don't, he's, he's setting I, it up for revenge on Cyclops, I think. Okay. Well, I think all the X Men, pretty much. I mean, the, the Cyclops is the the focal point, yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, I think it's just revenge on the X Men, period. That's always kind of been his stick. Because um, the, the payoff episode is, I think there's another Phoenix on the cover, because uh, mm. because he makes them believe that Phoenix is or yeah. Helen's Phoenix, and then he makes, I think he makes all the X Men think that Cyclops is Phoenix, and he has to fight all of them, and he turns the Danger Room against them and whatnot. Yes, awesome that's one seventy five. Yeah, it's yeah. an awesome Cyclops story, and that's one seventy five. And a great issue, by the way, too. Um, and we, you know, we'll be getting to that pretty, you know, fairly soon here. But um, yeah, so hey, he's, you know, well, and th- this is weird, kind of too, because when Phoenix took him out in one thirty-five, you know, I mean, she put him mm-hmm. like his brain in the cosmos or whatever, and you know, I, it's kind of weird that he was able to put that back together. And I don't know if yeah. there was ever a story that like somebody was able to piece his mind back together. But whenever it got pieced back together, he was like, "Fuck these niggas, man! I'm getting my revenge." <laughs> y'all ain't having no love. Y'all ain't getting no love. Y'all ain't getting nothing, man. This is some crap. I ain't standing for this. Um, and so he winds up, you know, convincing Mariko that you know Wolverine has no honor. And um, she run away, brides him at the at the altar. Um, but in between that, um, you know, everybody's gathered for the wedding. You know, his Cyclops, his wayward father makes it, his brother makes it, and everybody gets a chance to finally meet Madeline Pryor that hasn't worked, that hasn't been in Alaska. Lelandra goes straight up, freaking uh, <laughs> hood rat on her, like, what? And falls out of her. <laughs> Yeah, she took her earrings out and her lock picks and kicked her shoes off and was like, I ain't trying to, oh, all right, my bad. Like, it's really that quick, too. Like, that's not, it just looks like her. Bye. That's it. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's like, I'm so sorry, you know. And the funny thing is, okay, and I know Charles don't like to be going into people's minds or whatever, and I know this is 1981 and they ain't got no cell phones or nothing, but... <laughs> Hey, hey, Charles. Hey, hey, it's Scott. How you doing, man? Y'all good? You still can't walk, <laughs> nigga. You still can't walk. Man, I'm sorry to hear that. Hey, by the way, man. Um, let me holler at you. Uh, I met this girl in Alaska. I'm she looked just like Jean. She looked just like Jean Grey, man. No, for real. No, nigga, I ain't, I ain't kidding. She looked exactly like Jean Grey. 
No, for real. No, for real. For real. Like, like, read my mind. Read my mind. You can see the memory in my face. Okay, cool, cool. Hey, can you can you tell everybody that it ain't Gene and shit before I get there? <laughs> people start falling out mad. Yeah, exactly. Because you know how people be tripping. You know how people be tripping, right, Charles? All right, man, cool. I'll holler. Peace. You know what I mean? <laughs> Why? How, that, how does that not happen? Or somebody, like, tell them, like, what's going on beforehand? Because it's obviously going to be a huge shock, you know? It's like bringing a white girl yeah. to a black wedding, man. Like, oh, what? God, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like, hey, man, you could have at least told me that she was coming. Yeah, so, something. It, it, yeah, something. So, yeah, it didn't work out. People were freaking out. And then, uh, well, we get our introduction to Punk Rock Storm. Uh, and then Kitty drops a Superman reference, which I hated when I read it the second time. I was like, oh, really? Did y'all have to do that? Look, up in the sky. Yeah, yeah, I caught that too. That was a little strange. Yeah, and then it's Storm, and then she does drop the Hello Kitten, which I hated because that was, but that might have been the death of the Mammy isms too. Like, hello, kitten. <laughs> yeah, you'll fetch yeah. your own socks. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so bam, there it is. You know, she's got the vest, and I don't know if that's Callisto's vest. I think maybe she's just in the still rocking vest, and you know, we got the mohawk. It's mm-hmm. awesome. You know, it's an awesome design. And Kitty completely goes freaking teenage girl on her. <gasps> your clothes, your hair, what have you done? <laughs> Do you like it? How could you? Now, ain't oh, that about some white shit right there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Man, I done took care of you. I done drove your ass to dance practice. <laughs> I done saved you from Dracula, Velasco, freaking all these people. And the first thing you got to say to me about my what a, man, you know what? Fuck you, you thirteen year old. That's well, awesome. let that bitch go. Well, let her go. Yeah, Fuck you it. know. And then she's like, Kitty, I'm like, man, you know. And then she has the same reaction that Lelandra had too. Like, what? What? Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. Damn. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's crazy. So uh, I beg your pardon. I did not mean to. Okay, yeah, whatever. So yeah, it just gets there. Um, and basically, again, sh- this is leaving her. This is the story of Le- Wolverine getting left at the altar uh, because he has no honor. And he has a little teardrop like the Indian in those commercials about littering in the 80s. And that's the end of it. You know, boom, three issues, you know, leading up to 175, which is a, a double-sized issue, and the reappearance of the Phoenix. Um, again, on the reread, Brother Beavis, what did you think? Yeah, I I think I like it. I mean, I I like the design. I like the the character development. I like the art. Some big moments, big fights. I mean, it's great art. Yeah, I and mean, I think this this three part story is way better than the Wolverine miniseries. Yeah. Mm. Mm, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. What do you think, uh, Sandman? Again, on the reread. Still classic. Still good. Artwork excellent. Story is very good, despite the irritating kitty pride moments um a lot of a lot going on but um i mean obviously the uh storm with the iconic moment of changing to her um mohawk look and uh the story itself is good with um uh wolverine being left at the altar in the end and 
makes you it does make you hate mastermind even more because you're like, damn, what are they gonna get this mm. motherfucker? Stop fucking with them. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, because I thought I, I literally thought that reading that, but I remember the first time I was like, God, I'm tired of his ass. So, yeah, very good story though. Very good story overall. Still, uh, yeah. still classic. Still holds up. Yeah, it still holds up very well. <clears throat> like I said, um, like I, you know, I read it before we were supposed to record, and then I read it again when we couldn't record, and I was just like, man, this really holds up very, very well. Um, so uh, a great like little three issue arc, and then the payoff for the next two is actually pretty good too. Um, so like, I mean, there's you know, as we get into those two, when we get to one seventy four, one seventy five, I mean, those are great issues as well to kind of pay off this and to end the Paul Smith's run. I mean, I really, I know we had talked about, you know, bothering this gentleman to try to, you know, to get him to come on the podcast to be able to interview him. And you kind of wonder why, like, he had such a short run, you know, because the people that come after him are on the book, you know, for significant periods of time. Like, I think, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember. John Marita Jr. Yeah, Marita Jr. comes after him. Yeah, he comes after mm-hmm. him. Ramita's on it through the 200s. Um, yeah. So he gets, I mean, you know, a, a couple of years run out of this. So I'd be very curious as to see, you know, I'd like to know why he, you know, why his run was so short. Because I really can't think of any other runs that he's had on books that I was like, oh, yeah, he was drawing that. I think he did the Micronauts or something like that. Um, hmm. Not that I read the Micronauts. Uh, but, like, I think he did something like you know, one of the you know a lesser title, and a, yeah, you, know, you got to. Yeah, it must have been scheduling, you know, something like that. that it usually yeah, that is. Or, I mean, but if you look at how clean his stuff is, mm-hmm. chances are that he might be somewhat. I mean, all artists are to an extent. He might be some sort of a perfectionist, and he might not have been able to keep the schedule. That would be my guess. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because they actually cared about books coming out on time then. Yeah, <laughs> back in the day, yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a badge of courage to have your books come out once every three months. So, um, yeah, it's it's just interesting to see. But right. so he he went from this to Doctor Strange, I think, and he only, but he only did like another ten episode, ten issues there. <laughs> yeah, he did, wow. um, he did a lot of random books. He did a few X Factor in the forties. Mm-hmm. Okay. But mm-hmm. Not a lot. Yeah, I remember that. Not yeah, a lot. Of, not a lot of arcs though. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. I'd be curious. That that definitely would be a question. I, would I wonder if he was doing something at DC. That's all. That's usually a, a, a lot of what happens a lot of times too. You know, he did some. He had the Batman and did he? Yeah. Batman. Or, he did Iron Lantern from the Amalgam comic. He did. Uh, okay. Well, they all can be hits. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. It can't all it be. Is good. what it is. Right. All right. So we'll shift before as we, yeah, as we uh, kind of start to wrap this up here. On one of our only side topics tonight is the X Men versus the Inhumans. Uh, we've been talking about it through when we did the what was it, Death of X uh, storyline, which leading into this. And I mean, and we're already kind of past our our whatever limit. I don't want to turn it into a two hour podcast, but. Um, Death of X leading into another event, comic uh, event, which is the X-Men versus the Inhumans, and basically coming out of that. I read the first issue. I think, Sandman, you said you read the first one as well, correct? Yeah, yeah, I did. I stopped there. I mean, I, I, I had an intention to keep going, but I just, you know, life. So I never, I haven't read anything else, at least yet. Okay. Well, basically coming out of Death of X, um, the X-Men are out for revenge. 
I mean, that's basically what it is because, you know, Cyclops swerved Cyclops' death. Uh, we're going to spoil a little bit here. And um, so they've decided that they're going to attack the Inhumans. Now, Beast has come up with his scientific calculations that have basically said, we're fucked. Um, we got about two or three weeks to live, uh, but this and this this uh, Terrigen Mist thing, that, that's a wrap for us. Like, we got to, you know, Beast's plan was like, you know what? We're gonna go play moon. We're gonna play tennis on the moon, bitch. That's his plan. <laughs> we gotta go. Like there's no there's no staying on Earth. <laughs> Beast, one of the most smartest, smartest people on the planet. Is like, man, we gotta leave. Sorry. No, you mean you like, feel like this area? Swerve and be like, oh, it was Dark Beast trying to instigate a yeah. war on the moon. Well, like yeah, but there's also but there's already all sixties Beast as well is there too. Um, it's bad, bro. Um, but basically, yes, they've decided that, well, we're not leaving, and there's this boat that, you know, you know, you could probably figure out who was in, in favor of attacking the Inhumans and who's not. Okay, you know, Magneto's crew, let's go attack, uh, you know, some of the other heroes. Well, I don't think we should do that. We should work it out. And then Storm is essentially the deciding vote, and she freaking, you know, Beast is like, well, what are you going to do? And Storm blasts him with a lightning thing in his back. And it was like, well... You know what we're about to do. Um, so, yeah, and that, that's basically it. They've set this whole plan forward where they're trying to take out members of the, the, the royal family and basically trying to get Black Bolt out first. And what they did is they take – Black Bolt – I don't read the Inhumans. Does Black – the Inhumans have a club or something, like a, like a nightclub? Club? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So apparently they have a club that uh um that Black Bolt runs, you know, in his human form and uh <laughs> they <laughs> you say it out loud. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, I had to restrain myself for that after that one. Yeah. So basically at the club, um the X Men have figured this out where um they're gonna take him out and they, they bring Dazzler out of the mothballs. And, you know, so when he tries to use his voice, you know, she absorbs his, his energy, oh, the, the sound, and lays him out. Nice. Yeah. Oh, and, no. um, yeah, it was uh, White Queen's plan. Or Emma Frost, sorry. And um, mm. that was the end of issue one. And then issue two, which is why I read before tonight, was basically um, the X-Men are attacking New Atelian. And, you know, just, and it, it's kind of weak, really. The battle is not that great. Um, Johnny Storm. I, I, when did this happen? Johnny Storm is in a relationship with Medusa. Does that make uh, any sense to you? That's messed up because he was hooked up with Crystal a long time. Crystal ago. for the long. Yeah, that's time, what I was about right? to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is new to me. And, yeah, but so he's hanging with them, but she like swerved him too. Was like, you know, he's like, what can I do? I'll stay here and help you. And they're like, no, you know, people know our relationship or whatever. You go help some people that need help. He was like, all right. He didn't feel good about it. And so, I got some breathing. Yeah. So, they, um, it didn't work out. And so, there's just this little, I mean, it's like, an, it's really just a battle book. I mean, there's not a whole lot of plot going on there uh, where you see some inhumans that you don't care about and you see some uh, X-Men that you also uh, don't care about. This is all 2000s <laughs> called and, and why did you give us comics back? Yeah. Spoiling them all. <laughs> There's no plot. Uh, 
lot. It's only fighting. And people yeah. in the background that you don't have any idea who they are. Yeah. You've tried every crossover for the last five years. Yeah, five. And so, it, <laughs> I mean, and the book is drawn. And I can't, I don't remember who did the art or whatever. The book, you know, it, it looks great. And me even reading it on, you know, a torrent or whatever. It looks great. It's just nothing's really happening. And you don't really care about the characters, like, at all. Like, and I don't know if it's just, like, because the the, the conflict is contrived or it's, I don't know. I, it's just, it, it's, I don't know. The Inhumans are just a hard sell for me. Um, and I think that probably goes true for almost anybody, like, you know. Mm-hmm. And why this series is happening is still unbeknownst to me, other than the fact to set up the X-Men Blue and X-Men Gold books. Not safely yet. Has anybody gotten excited about that, Brother Beavis? You anything I was draw you to ran it all down and now I'm like, Well I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) You can read what you want. I was like X Men Blue, X Men Oh no, I don't like that shit. That's just Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd love to get your, you know, your impressions of after you do read, like if you can read that X Men versus Inhumans, the first two issues, you're like, oh, okay. I mean, it was fun to see Dazzler, and I like that idea, but I mean, it's, you know, it's a six issue limited series, so it's like, all right, well, all right, we're gonna give you this kind of big moment here in the first one. Now, two, three, four, man, ain't nothing mm-hmm. gonna happen. It's just gonna be a bunch <laughs> of stuff and fights. But five or six, yeah. you know, if they come out on time, boy, you're going to really like it. But, you know, and that was well, the other thing. But six won't be the end, right? So after five and six are delayed, they'll have to add a seventh book to tell yeah, the story. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it'll be, right. and they'll be on, like, X-Men Blue and Gold, like, seven or eight at the Yeah, time. exactly, by the time it yeah, comes yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, and again, it's just, you know, Marvel has become so event-driven, and the events True don't mean event anything. Driven. Yeah, it's exactly. the, the events. It don't mean anything. There has no lasting uh, effect, and I, you know, and I think that's hurting their product overall. It doesn't really matter mm-hmm. which character it is or which team it is. It's just the events are just killing the books. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, we'll we'll try to in between maybe this podcast and the next one try to see if we can get y'all on those and you know kind of get your opinions on them. But yeah, uh, thus far X Men versus uh, Inhuman. And by the way, it is Inhumans versus X Men. I keep saying it wrong, and I think I'm doing it on purpose <laughs> because how did how did Inhumans get top billing in this? They're trying to get the push. That's all. They are trying. No, they got trying. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, they got, got the that. Push, period. Yeah. So whatever happens, all right. you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up Thursday night comic book chat for Brothers Comics for this week. Uh, hopefully. We'll be able to get it in in a more consistent pattern here uh, next week, as we'll probably get through 173 and, or excuse me, 174 and 175. 175 is a double issue, as again, as Mastermind's plans come to uh, to an end. Uh, and again, a really, really good book. Um, any Brothers Comics business? Uh, blah, 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 blah. We have the Brothers Comics podcast number 53. Uh, which I've been editing freaking all afternoon today. So you're going to get a double podcast between this and the Brothers Comics Podcast 53, uh, which will be out uh, probably pretty much the same time as this. Um, if you are in the, if you're in the, into like God or praying or whatever, 
uh, still put in my press pass for Star Wars Celebration in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it still hasn't come back as a no yet. Uh, and it's in March at some point in time. So, I mean, they could have easily said hell to the no to me already, uh, but it hasn't happened yet. So, uh, if you, you know, Buddha, I don't know who you get down with, um, but yeah, you pray, pray to the mouse, man. <laughs> yeah, somebody. Almighty man, Mickey. If y'all can let us uh, get in for that, that would be awesome. Um, um, Cruz. Yeah. Hell, <laughs> 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 Ron Hubbard. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, there's that. And then we have uh, just the, as it gets into the spring and summer, just a massive number of cons of Florida RetroCon, uh, MegaCon in Orlando, uh, SuperCon in Miami. Um, it's just a, 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 it's just a rolling things of cons here in the spring and summer uh, in my part of the world. Uh, and then we will. The plan is to real have uh, South Carolina SuperCon or South Carolina Con in March at some point. Supposed to head to that as well. Um, I think that's it, Brother Beavis. I I I, I heard from your your spouse about um, on on the Facebook about Sting being at one of these cons, man. What? Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, Sting <laughs> is gonna be. Sting is going to be at the – he actually may be at the same con. I think it's SuperCon, which is in Miami some point yeah, in time. But he'll I think, be in the rafters the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it says on there. It'd be it like, Sting, on, can, you, can you please come down and do something? Nope. Yeah. I'll be up here for you. I'm good. I'm getting paid. Yeah, uh, it says Saturday only appearance. Yeah, so he's not making it to Sunday. Uh, get your tickets or whatever now in advance, and he will be in face paint. And I was yeah. like, oh. Damn. But he's also, it's the same con. Like, Flair's at the same con, sir. I said yeah. to your spouse, I was like, y'all might need to make a trip. Uh, mm. <laughs> oh, speaking <laughs> of, speaking of, I'm glad you I'm glad you put all that together. So I was reading uh, in the in the Arrow CW show, the new sure. villain this year is his name is I think Prometheus, and he uh, is an archer because that's that's the only people um, that Arrow fights. But he has a mask, and there's a mystery of who he is. And so I was reading some chat board, and somebody was like, "I just know they're going about they're about the Black Scorpion and and turn him in yeah. and pull off the mask." And, and then he like, went on to explain the Black Scorpion reference. I was like, "That is amazing." Yeah, yes. <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, if you're not over 35 years old, um, <laughs> speaking uh, of storylines that didn't have an ending, uh, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, my god. Black Scorpion, Jesus. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm hoping to uh, gather some press for that one, and you know. Uh, Meet somehow meet Ric Flair and uh, uh, and the Stinger. Um, that would be pretty much uh, like a bucket list type thing to cross yeah, that's, that off. That's so. bucket list stuff right there. Yeah, yeah, one or the other. If, but if both, that's a definitely bucket list. Um, so yeah. right. So all right. So that's it. We're going to wrap this podcast up, and um, we will catch y'all on the other side next week. Uh, we're going to sign off. Uh, Sandman, go ahead and sign off on the Thursday night comic book chat. All right, fellow mutants. We will see you all next week.
All right. And Brother Beavis, go ahead and sign off. I'll catch you guys next time. All right, y'all. Y'all take it easy. Peace. Peace.